Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. We live in hell. We do. We do. Very much so. Uh, let's just dive right into it. I, that's, I was going to try to make a witty intro, but I can't. I can't. That's all I got. That's like the first thing that came out. Which is that we live in hell. We do. Uh, so you're probably like, oh no, what happened to Eric and Allison? You might, you might be thinking I'm talking about the state of politics uh, around the world. Uh, you know, with all the voter suppression and the Nazis running around. No. Couldn't care less right <laughs> He's now. He's not. <laughs> he is talking about uh, the MTA because we live in New York City and it is very, very bad. Now you're probably like, hey, you guys complain about the trains all the time. Aren't the trains always bad? Uh Fair point, but actually it's gotten way worse. Yeah. Allison, I, can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, you've been a New Yorker for a long time. A long now. time, yes. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been in the city for a little over two years now, and people always say, like, there's certain things that you have to go through or sure. certain things that you have to do in order to become, like, a real New Yorker. Yep, correct. Uh, is one of those things having vivid fantasies about throwing yourself in front of a moving train? <laughs> God, my little baby birds growing up. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh -huh. uh, fantasize about that. Fantasize about throwing other people on the tracks. Yep, okay. Never do it because that would of be course. wrong. No, I That's would never. A crime. Don't do it. Uh, but yeah, it it's like really, really bad. Have you cried yet? Because the trains are so bad. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I I've cried. Uh, I definitely cried at like. Uh, pre it was the thing is the times I've cried because of the trains it was like a, probably a combination of things because like it was like when I was at my old job and I was really stressed out and like needing to be where somewhere at a certain time and then the trains were late and then I was just stressed out because I was going to be late right and like thinking about like the com like what sucks is that like when you're late it just like your whole day is just scheduled on such a tight schedule that when you're late to one thing it just compounds everything else yes and then you're like okay well now i don't have time to do the other things i need to do right it's sort of a domino effect yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah. my god uh, i said the one optimistic thing i can take from it is that everyone has just become much more chill about like showing up to meetings and stuff oh yeah like if a meeting's supposed to start at three obviously people will not make it there by three. Right. And then it's just like, okay, so this meeting starts at whenever everyone gets here o'clock. Uh -huh. And everybody's just sort of like, nobody gets mad at someone. If someone's like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. It's because of the trains. No one's like, sure it is, buddy. Yeah. Everyone's like, of course you're late. Yeah, uh -huh. Are you okay? Do you want a beverage? <laughs> right. It was probably very frustrating for you. Uh, I've <laughs> just full confession. I've been late to work so many times and just walked in and be like, trains. That's all you have to say. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, absolutely. That's um, absolutely why you're late. I read this great book one time about, it's called The Race Underground. Mm -hmm. And it's about the uh, the battle between New York uh, and Boston to become the first city with like a, a, a full like, uh, you know, mass transit underground uh, train system. Yep. Sounds and very interesting. It's very interesting. You know, this all took place in the first half of the 20th century. Sure. Fun fact, that was the last time they ever worked on the trains. So are you saying that, like, huge infrastructure like that needs to be regularly upkept? I would think so. Interesting. Okay. Uh, because I know for a fact New York City doesn't do that. And, in fact, when we needed emergency infrastructure work done because of Hurricane Sandy or Superstorm Sandy, it all of a sudden was like, oh, my God, we have to close down the trains immediately, or the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the tunnels are going to cave uh -huh. in. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> like, shouldn't that have been a 
regularly maintained maintenance uh-huh. schedule. I remember reading an article not that long ago about how the MTA is still running on a uh, uh, almost hundred year old switch system. Yeah, it's like you know you've seen like uh, you've seen old timey movies where like. Uh, operator like phone operators are like uh, sitting at a big board and they're just plugging in wires. Right. That's the actual MTA system. It shouldn't be that way. That's guys. the real MTA system that they use. There's too many people in the city for it to be that way. Maybe when like 30 people wrote the subway. <laughs> right. Then you know, like the the wealthiest people in New York. <laughs> like when the conductors knew all of the passengers by name personally. Good morning, Timothy <laughs> and Marilyn yeah. and Bob uh-huh. and Geraldine. Yeah. We're going to 42nd Street. And that was the one stop. Uh-huh, Everyone was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how the MTA used to be. Uh, it's just like, I, I, New York has a lot of problems, obviously. But like, it's, it's New York City. It's a great city. Like, it's supposed to be the beacon of like modern civilization. Is it? It's supposed it? to be. All it's right. where everybody comes. We got the statue. Yeah. You know, exactly. the broad the broad with the torch. Yeah. What's her name? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, you know, it's just like it's supposed to be like this the modern city, the height of civilization. Sure. Everything that's good about humanity, uh, you know, uh technological progress, all that stuff. And it's like we still live in the 1920s. Yeah, like the subway is still a miracle. Yes. But especially when you compare it to like say Tokyo. Uh-huh. Uh it's just so clear that we have fallen behind. And that like yeah, our subways are falling apart. Like I, re- I regularly take photos not just of serious infrastructure uh falling apart, but like the walls, like yeah. the tiling, they're just, just falling caving apart. in. They're just caving in. <laughs> the walls are just falling well, apart. It's also like New York City is built on swampland. Right. Like the land is trying to swallow uh-huh. us always. Right. So things are falling apart. There's a lot of water damage. You know, like it. You need to regularly upkeep it. Uh-huh. I feel like I shouldn't have to say this. <laughs> right. I feel like it should be common sense, right? It's also like when you talk about like comparing it to Tokyo, like it is such a like the fact that. Tokyo has this incredible train system and it's clean and nice. And like, yep. it, it's just like anytime there's an argument of like, well, you know, it's hard upkeeping a transit system for 8 million people. Like, yeah, it's oh, hard, yeah. but other people do it. Also, we have a stupid amount of money. It's just that uh, I don't want to like get into this because I don't know. Does anyone find this interesting? But the Republicans upstate don't allocate enough money to New York City. In order right. for us to upkeep our infrastructure. Well, yeah, they don't allocate. They don't allocate the money that's that's in the the actual NTA right. fund. Right. Like money is the money that we all spend on our expensive ass metro cards goes into a fund, and then but it go it doesn't go to like the MTA is not like a company, and when you pay the the at least as far as I understand it, it's like. We pay the MTA, fund, you know, for our Metro card. And then that money goes into a fund that goes to Albany. Right. Upstate that has nothing very far away from New York City. Sure. Uh, and uh, far they, fewer people yeah. as well. And they, and they just spend all of the money. And then like, oh, did you, did you guys want some of that? Oh, your train's did not you running on time? Oh. Are you stuck in a tunnel again? That's sad. Mm-hmm. That's a sad story. What we're trying to say, everyone, is go vote tomorrow. Just if you're like, hey, our trains don't run on time. Hey, 
I'm afraid I'm going to lose my health care. Hey, I'm a person of color and I'm super scared right now, which is valid. Uh-huh. I hope you're voting. Yeah, go vote. Also, hashtag Light Trees and Pod if you want to share your voting story or if you have any trouble or anything like that. Uh, we'll retweet you to amplify your voices. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, if you get, if you, uh, if they attempt to turn you away at the polls, mm-hmm. ask for a provisional ballot. Yep. Yes. Do that. Do not leave without voting. If you are in line uh, before uh, polls close, they have to let you vote. Right. So just stay in line. So get in line. And then, yeah, if you get up to register and they're like, oh, you're not on here or whatever, just ask provisional for a provisional ballot, ballot. Always. Yeah. Do you, there's no reason you should leave a polling place without voting. Yes, exactly. As far as I know. Yeah. Uh, so I posted at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. It's that time of the month again, everybody, for your questions. Yes. So we have some questions, uh, suggestions, recommendations. So let's get to them. Jay writes, I've been reading some thoughts by anti-mass incarceration slash criminal justice reform activists expressing concern about the potential side effects of the successful recall of Judge Aaron Persky, who sentenced Brock Turner. The main theme I've seen is that judges could now be more reluctant to give lenient sentences overall, and the defendants who will pay the price for that will overwhelmingly not look like Brock Turner. I think Jay is saying they'll be black people. Do you think that this is a valid worry or it is misplaced? That feels like fear-mongering to me. Yeah, that seems silly. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> like the... <laughs> The reason that people were outraged uh, about Brock Turner was, you know, it was because it was a lenient sentence for Brock Turner. Right. Not because they're like, this judge is soft on crime. <laughs> right, like, right. it was because Brock Turner was clearly guilty. Yes. He was proven guilty of a, a horrible crime. Mm-hmm. And, and the judge gave him a lenient sentence. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if... If that turned out to be true, that all of a sudden judges were like, well, now we have to give everyone maximum sentences, then there would be outrage about that, too, because it would be, in, like, silly. Also, that's pretty much the system we have right now. Right, exactly. We have absurd sentencing right. uh, guidelines, you know, that people who commit very, very minor offenses end up spending the rest of their lives in prison if that's their third strike. Yeah. We already have that system. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea that once you're appointed a judge, it's a life appointment, basically. Um, I go... <sighs> Especially I if, if you are, in this case, so egregiously allowing That's, like there's no recourse that seems insane i think there should be some recourse but also i don't know that i love the idea of judges because uh, some judges do like lower level judges like mm-hmm. like city judges and stuff like that like family court judges and stuff do you have to go through elections and what i worry about with elect like judges being elected is that like once you start, once you start uh, relying on elections for your job, then you're gonna start pandering to your voters. Sure, I understand that, and you also don't want like a mob rule type situation. Right. So 
it's even more complicated than that, though, right. because we talked about this in New York City. You will get a ballot and it's like, hey, you're voting for judges. Uh -huh. And first of all, people don't know that's going to happen. Right. And they're like, who are these people? I don't know who I'm voting for. I guess I'll vote for this person. But that's not even the judge. Right. You are voting for someone to ultimately appoint that judge, uh -huh. which seems like a dumb system. Yeah. That nobody really understands and it's not transparent. Uh -huh. I don't think that's a good model. But I also couldn't tell you, like, what a good model is. <laughs> yeah, with judges, it's difficult because it's like... Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I think you're right. I don't want judges campaigning like regular politicians. I don't mind life appointments as long as there is oversight and recourse when they step out of line. It's the, the same way that I think, like, teachers having tenure is fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it gives them a certain freedom yep. to be more, it gives them a certain freedom to like express views that are not necessarily popular. But there's also recourse so that when they do overstep boundaries, like it's not like they can't be fired totally. It's just that like they can't be fired willy nilly when there's like, especially now that like, you know, like uh, by like rogue administrators, right. they're like, you're preaching communism, you're fired. You know what right. I mean? So like, I, I think, like, I don't mind, as long as there is oversight for judges where, like, when they do stuff like this guy with Brock, Brock Turner, Turner yeah. like, they can be removed. I don't mind that because I do think, like. Well, also remember that this was, like, a track record. Yes. Of being very lenient with young white men who yeah. had sexually assaulted women. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he handed down one ruling and right. people were like, remove him, and then they did. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. was a pattern. Right. Uh, yeah, they looked yeah. over his like records and like, oh wow, he sympathizes a little too much oh, with wow. rapists. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, switching gears, Sophie writes, "Do you have any tips or advice on taking care of a cat in a small space? I live in a small studio, and an adorable but giant kitten was just dropped into <laughs> my arms by Providence or shitty owners." Oh, Sophie. Well, that's so nice of you that you're a child <laughs> dropped into my arms. I love adorable but giant, giant kitten. Uh, first of all, please send photos. Hashtag light trees and pod. Uh, I had Desi and Penny in a pretty small studio apartment. Uh -huh. And I don't know, man. They were fine. I find that cats are very resilient. They are. They, they adapt. They're not like, I feel like dogs need a lot of space. Cats really will just do whatever. Well, if you're worried about the kitten, like you want them to expend energy or something like that, get like a, one of those toys on a string mm -hmm. and just make that dummy run all over the place. Laser pointers? <laughs> laser pointer. Wow. They will run in circles forever. Uh -huh. Although Desi doesn't fall for the laser pointer. Yeah. It's so funny. Or he's just like too lazy. I think it's the lazy. And he's like, the fuck is this? I'm not <laughs> this running. This is not worth my time. Uh, I don't know. He books up and down the stairs. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. I... I Yeah, like cats, I don't feel like need, you know, just play with them. You know, uh, the, in the same way that like you can just leave cats for a while by themselves. <laughs> like they'll deal with a lot of you know stuff uh i've had a cat in a small space for a while and like they'll just chill you know they'll uh i i i wouldn't worry about it too much I, like i said i think with dogs they need they need they have different needs um dogs need a lot of exercise um cats not so much and they'll pretty much adapt to whatever so mm -hmm. as long as you're spending time with them i would say that's the most important thing like make sure you're spending some time with them and 
playing with them and stuff like that. I agree. So Angela wants to know, what shape would your Bogart take? Harry Potter question. Oh, my God. I don't know. What is that? So a Bogart is like your worst fear, like, but an actual physical embodiment of it. Oh, and Angela God. said, I, I would like to hear this answer from you and your guest hosts. I think truly, I'm trying to think of like when I get the most anxious or tense. And I think it would be like a group of very drunk, very loud Wall Street bros. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's supposed to be the manifestation of your biggest fear? Yeah, so I'll read the official okay. definition uh, from the Harry Potter uh, wiki, which is, a Bogart is an immortal, shape-shifting non-being that takes on the form of the viewer's worst fear. Because of their shape-shifting ability, no one knows what a Bogart looks like when it is alone, as it is instantly blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it's your worst fear. Okay. Um... I think, oh boy. That's so interesting. I think honestly, right now in my life, the, th the first thing that comes to mind without, without trying to interrogate it too much, the first thing that comes to mind would be uh, uh, like an audience booing me. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That it's a good one. I, because I, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I think so. It's just like a, like a full audience just booing me. Yeah. I think, so. I think that's what it would be. That's a good question, though, Angela. If it wasn't, if it wouldn't bring up so much dark <laughs> material, I would ask all of the co hosts that. <laughs> oh, man. But I'm like yeah. mildly afraid that that could like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, a, it was a, it's a really interesting question because I think it's a lot different than just asking what your biggest fear is. It is. So, I, I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, like when it comes up in the books, um, basically like Harry Potter's like, I, it's in one of the classes, but like he's training. Right. To, but it's the moment where, uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, no, I'm going to misremember it, so I won't <laughs> even go down that road. Uh, but great question. Yeah. Do we have a time for a couple more? Should we do a longer? Ooh, let's do it. Okay. Honestly. So we'll just knock them all out. In I this love episode. questions. I love Q and A. Yeah, and by the way, you can of course send more questions. Uh, you can send more than one question. It's not too late. Just go to my Patreon if you're a five dollar a month member or higher. Gina wants to know. Uh, you and your co-host make a lot of recommendations. Oh, I think this is just Gina wanting us to uh, repeat the name of stuff we're recommending about, like recommending because sometimes we just like blow through it. I see. And then we don't go back. Gina, uh, great news for you. If you go to wearelighttreesandnews.lipson.com, I almost always write down the recommendations. Show there. notes. Show notes. Love so it. if you ever miss something, I mean, you can just go back and listen to it again. Uh, I try to repeat stuff usually on the show, but in case I don't do that, that's where you can find them. Or follow us on Facebook uh -huh. or Twitter, and I usually write the recommendations there as uh -huh. well. Look, I'll tell you right now, just personally, if I ever recommend something and you just tweet me about it, I, I will 
take any excuse to talk to people. Eric so. will repeat it and then talk your ear off about Look, it. Look, I need attention is what I'm saying, Eric guys. is desperate for attention. Especially if you want to talk about pens. We'll <laughs> do, I'll do it all day. Oh, boy, don't I get need started. attention. Right, he does, especially about pens. And then finally, Olivia says, Hi, Allison. Hello. Could you or any of your co-hosts talk about how to deal with imposter syndrome? Eric, <laughs> uh, I am struggling with it in my MA program, and I would love any and all advice. Here's I mean, I can talk about it. I don't have any answers. <laughs> Here's what's <laughs> so nuts about this, Olivia. You're like the third person to write in about imposter syndrome, specifically in MA programs. Uh huh. I can. I like. I. I just tell you about like. I have it. I don't <laughs> like. I don't. I don't have any answers. I uh, mean, I think. Okay, so first of all, Olivia, it's totally normal to feel that way, especially apparently in MA programs specifically. Did she say what it's an MA in? No. But here's the thing. You got into the MA program. Clearly, you know what you're doing. You're qualified to, to be there even if it doesn't feel that way all the time. I will say that I feel like every single intelligent, introspective person I've ever met at some point experiences imposter syndrome. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, I'll say this. The the thing that I've never really gotten over my imposter syndrome, but the thing that sort of helped me push, I guess, like work in spite of it is meeting somebody who doesn't have it. And every time I do, I'm like, oh, this person's a douchebag. Well, that's what I mean. Like, unless you are a raging narcissist. Yeah. At some point, you're going to be like, am I good enough to be here? Yeah. Wow, that person's really, really good. I don't think I'm as good as them. Do yeah. I deserve to be here? And listen, it's totally normal. In fact, I think it's a really good thing if you're part of some kind of institution or group where there are several people better than you. Yeah. I think you're in a really bad position if you're like, man, I, I'm schooling this and I'm better than everyone. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, then you're probably not challenging yourself enough. And also you're a narcissist. And you're a narcissist. <laughs> like, then you feel that way. Yeah. yeah anytime <laughs> I've met somebody that was like very confident, like, yeah, I, I'm definitely like the best person here. I'm like, oh, they're douchebags. Right. So that helped me work like in spite of it. I will say also one thing when it comes to, I mean, MA program specifically, maybe not a good example, but just art in general, I feel like I have tried very hard to remember that when it comes to, like, art is not a competition. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think thinking about it makes art worse because if you're, it's a race to, like, you're not being your full authentic self if you're like comparing yourself to others because you are a unique individual human being and you have your own life experiences. And so by definition, like you, if you're making like true authentic art, it will be different than every other person on earth. I think you're right that it, it as a whole makes everything worse. It also makes things really hard for you. Yeah. Because I feel like the opposite of artistic freedom is that sort of, you know, fear and anxiety. And uh -huh. you're shutting yourself down before you even have the opportunity to flourish. Because yeah. you're like, I'm not good enough to be here. And it's like, well, fuck, if you go in with that attitude. Yeah. Like, are you going to be perfect? No. Are you going to fuck up a lot? Yes. Are there going to be tons of people better than you? Yeah. Yeah. Just accept all that going in and be like, I'm going to do the best I can do. Right. And I think you will just make your life so much simpler and easy. Now, having said that, that is, like, so easy to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I you're going to have bad days, and you're going to feel like, wow, I, I was really shitty today. And I think that's normal. Yeah, it, it is normal. And Talking I just, to myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is normal. I just think, like, 
you know, if you're if your focus is like on somebody that is quote unquote better than you, then you're you're more fo- you're more focused on trying to be like them than you are trying to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think when it comes to art, it's just like you just have to put out like the best version of you and get people to like it i think that's all you can really strive for in art and i and yeah i I think also too as artists like the world is not a friendly place yeah for us and literally all we can do is support each other Uh uh-huh and i feel like that anxiety and imposter syndrome sort of breeds hostility to other artists yeah like my one of my favorite things about ucb is that people are genuinely happy for each other Uh when they get shit yeah sure i'm sure there's bitter people Uh (laughs) shit talk sure as there is in any community but there are so many people who are like genuinely lifting each other up and like looking out for each other and sending each other like gigs and stuff like that yeah well i ucb is fun because it's like everybody knows that it's like (laughs) Like the lowest form of art. That's right. We're like one step up from mimes. <laughs> so it's like and like clown work. <laughs> every time anybody gets work, they're like, "Oh my god, Holy fucking shit! <laughs> like, you made money doing this." Yeah. So yeah, it's it's sort of like I went to. Uh, I just <laughs> I had a really funny moment where I uh, when I went to your show the other night. Um, mm-hmm. I went to the pit and I just I literally just opened up a new bank account transferred all of my money out of my old bank account <laughs> into a new bank account, but they didn't give me a debit card yet. Cool. So I was like, cool, I have the cash that's on me and I have no debit card. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the pit and she was like, yeah, we're card only. And I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh no, what am I going to do? And then, uh, uh, and I, I was, I was talking to the, uh, basically I was just like, you know, basically like, I'm like broke basically. And the, the woman like at the counter is just like yeah i get it yeah <laughs> we're all broke <laughs> uh-huh. so it's kind of like that with art where like everybody's like yeah it sucks yeah. like what we're doing is du- like stupid mm-hmm. like it's hard to do anything mm-hmm. so like we all get it and support it i'd be interested to know what you're doing in an ma program is I- but the thing is like most art is like that mm-hmm. like almost all arts is like yeah this is not lucrative like what we're doing is hard and like it none of us are going to make it which is especially like wow, in, Eric. <laughs> I think like it's worth doing though. Like, I I think I, the older I get, the more I'm like, I think if you're worried about quote unquote making it, I think it's like then you're not worried about making the art, right? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I I think, I think if yeah, I I think if you're looking for any kind of stability and like a lucrative career, you don't go into the arts. Yeah, and there's and it's possible it is possible it is possible but it's also like not it's not like a traditional job where like if you become a banker you're like these are the steps i have to do and then i will get to a six-figure job and if you just do them correctly you will get it yeah it's like art is such a crapshoot because like what you're relying on to like make it is like not in your hands or in your control right you know you can do everything right and then like you know, it, it the opportunity may not come. Yeah. So you just have to do it to, like, obviously, if you're in an MA program, you're interested in making art and it because it brings you some sort of joy. So, like, just keep working on it. And, like, mm-hmm. your goal should be, like I said earlier, like, your goal should be to be the best version of yourself in your art. And, like, 
I, I think going back to your question about imposter syndrome, like that's one thing that has helped me is like putting out stuff that you are genuinely like, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like this is what I wanted to express. I think I achieved my goal. And so like, if you can frame your goals in that way and like my goal is to put out something I'm proud of, as opposed to like, I, my goal is to like, be better than that person or to achieve this thing. Also, uh, in the cosmic sense of uh, everything, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, the world's ending. Uh-huh. And you're not, the stupid little races you have in your head with other people don't fucking matter. That's the other, well, that's the other thing, too. Like, I, that. yes, I'll, none of that shit matters. Also, like, on my really bad days, like, usually by the end of the day, I'm like, this really sucks. But what the fuck else am I going to do? I'm going to go to, be- like, become a banker. What am, or I like- gonna, what am I gonna do? Put on my big boy pants and walk in a Goldman Sachs? Yeah, like, like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> I am not fucking qualified yeah. to do anything but what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So like, just sack up. And yeah. Do it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what? A, like, because uh, I've had regular jobs. Like, I, you know, before I moved here, I was like managing a hotel. Guess what? It sucks. It fucking sucks. And you're <laughs> unhappy doing that. Uh huh. It's like, listen. Everybody's fucking unhappy, all right? <laughs> yeah. The people who were getting like, we have to move on after this. <laughs> but the people who were getting like hundreds of million dollars of dollars every year are fucking unhappy. Yeah. And they self-medicate with alcohol and drugs and, and you know, like everybody's fucking unhappy. You can be happy anywhere just as you can be unhappy anywhere. Yeah. So if you're, you know, broke or you're having imposter syndrome, like just try to experience the joy that led you into that program in the yeah. first place. Just look, just remember why you're doing this and why you're making the art you're doing. And just the 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 real thing is like, you know, just stop focusing on being better than other people or making it or whatever and just focus on being the best version of you. Right. And I think you'll find yourself a lot happier. Right. Also, guys, I waited so long for Eric to get here because of trains. I'm like three beers in. So if I got real <laughs> oh, passionate. Oh, it's about to get wild. Here we go. Here's your bad news. <laughs> All right. Wow. We're going to move from one rant to another. My with this favorite. Fucking asshole in, uh, where was it? The guy who shot up in Florida. Florida. Yeah. Of course. Florida uh, man. Yep. Florida strikes man. Strikes again. Shot up a yoga studio and killed two women. Uh, his name is Scott uh, Birrell, 40 years old. He posed as a customer at the yoga studio in Tallahassee, Florida, and then opened fire without warning. And he killed two women, uh, Dr. Nancy Van Vessem, 61, a faculty member at Florida State University, and Maura Binkley, 21, who was a student uh, also at FSU. Four women and one man suffered non-life-threatening injuries. So it turns out that this dick had recorded misogynistic videos and faced battery charges. Surprise, surprise. He had a history of harassing women and was accused of touching women's butts without their consent. And a judge was sort of like, oh, you ragamuffin, and didn't take it seriously. As women have been asking, you know, police officers and judges to take that shit seriously for this fucking reason. It's like, hey, Chances are if a dude doesn't respect women's boundaries, chances are if he's like 
videotaping misogynistic threats, he will escalate his behavior if he's not checked. Yeah, I mean, this is like... The oh, big... he also had a history of racist views, of course, too, I should of say. Course yeah, There's a lot of, of overlap. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like the the big problem with like the sort of rights, like... Uh, like Lone Wolf... I, I don't mean Lone Wolf. I just mean like... Basically, every time a shooting like this happens, right, they, the, the right is sort of like, yeah, he was just a crazy person. And th- that might be true. I don't know. Maybe he has a mental illness. I, I, I don't know anything about him. But what I do know is that, like, they don't ever make the connection between people that, like, do stuff like what they would consider harmless, touching women's butts. You know, it, even anytime, though that that's assault, <laughs> it's assault. Yeah. But like, anytime a woman complains about that, like, what? Oh, yeah, it's just he just touched be, your butt. Yeah, it's just what a guy being mean? a guy. Like, oh, it's like Mad Men, you right. know. And like, that's all they talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, but the, and then when they do something like this, like shoot, like shoot up a yoga studio, they're like, yeah, well, what are you gonna do? He's crazy. You can't predict crazy. Mm. And and like. Which is based on nothing, obviously. It's based on nothing, but yeah. like you know, uh, you know, some people like uh, you know they say like, well, anybody who would shoot up a place is crazy. You know, it, that's their, their. Which is just a a great convenient way to shut down the conversation about incels, aka involuntary exactly. celibates, yeah, exactly. violent misogynists. If every time a violent mis- like a pissed off white dude, this dude, they posted his photo. He looks like every dude on Twitter who has challenged me to debate him. You know, what he looks like. Eric Erickson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out or to like, Eric Erickson, like, yeah. who has me blocked on Twitter. I don't know why, but I'm sure I deserve it. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. what happened. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so anytime like an incel or a violent misogynist does something like this, if the immediate response is, oh, he's crazy, then it's like, cool. We never get to the actual conversation about toxic masculinity, about hatred for women. That is the driving force behind shit like this happening. Right. And they don't connect the two. Right. They never go. Right. He has a history of assaulting women and making like misogynistic videos. And he shot up a yoga studio. They never take responsibility for that. And say like, yeah, he was a like a radicalized far right person and like was allowed to buy a gun. So he did this. You know what I mean? Like they they always brush it off as like, oh, well, you know, you can uh, have like uh, MRA views and not be a terrorist. Sure. That's true. But like, you know, you have to take these things seriously. And when, when they have these like misogynistic views and they're making these videos online, it needs to be taken seriously before they shoot people. Well, we can't keep taking it yeah. seriously after they shoot people. It's important to take it seriously when they're physically assaulting women. Right. Like that's your warning sign. That's your canary in a coal mine. Right. If a guy doesn't respect women's boundaries and physically touches them without consent, huge red flag. Yeah. And it's not treated that way. It's like, ah, oh, boys will be boys. Uh, it was just a minor offense. It's like, no, 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 no. If you were willing to cross that boundary, right. it's like a hop, skip, and a jump to shooting up a yoga studio. Yeah. And I, I bet you if you said that, nine out of ten guys would be like, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, it's, that's, it's not, of course. Of yeah, course. They all, yeah. th- they all think it's an exaggeration. Yeah, because it's, it's been normalized so much. Yeah. Men touching women without consent uh-huh. is quote-unquote normal to them. Right. 
if it was treated properly, which is, it's assault, it's physical assault. Like if you want to get that in their heads, you just basically say, what if you were at a gay bar and a guy touched you? Yeah, that's such a good point. Immediately. It, needs to be, it needs to be brought up more. Like, you know, I see it going around on Twitter and it's so great because it is such a good example because they, yeah. it is true. They like, Immediately they, they would say that's physical assault. Of course. Because I didn't want that touch. And it's like, that's how women feel, dude. Yeah. You know, like, but if that was in their heads and they would understand how serious that is and then they would be like yeah that type of dude would walk into a yoga studio and shoot it up but uh how am i how am i supposed to get laid if i can't like uh grab women i don't know by the dude butt? grow a fucking personality <laughs> three beers deep everybody i've just i figured out how i'm gonna make a billion dollars okay. and be financially secure Go. are you ready yes armed yoga I mean, because that's what they're gonna say. I they're, feel like we're days away from a Republican. All saying of these that. women doing yoga should have had like a fucking pistol tucked into their yoga pants <laughs> while they do downward dog or some bullshit. Downward dog and make sure the clip is in your gun. <laughs> Very good and breathe. Yeah. So just to compare how seriously we take different kinds of violations. So a Tallahassee teenager was arrested for throwing chocolate milk on a volunteer at a Republican party table one day before this guy shot up a yoga studio. Oh my God. So if you're a 19-year-old woman and you're like, hey, I don't like this Republican volunteer at this party table, I'm going to throw a little chocolate milk on him, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, they will arrest you at FSU. Wow. Yeah. You know? So, um... Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Also, great. Uh, also, yeah, just hilarious. I also wanted to talk about the uh, Brooklyn synagogue that was vandalized with anti-Semitic oh, graffiti. Yeah. Because there's a couple different aspects to it. Obviously, it's horrifying. It terrorizes an entire community. Apparently, Alana Glazer was scheduled to uh, interview Amy Goodman there. Yeah, there was like a big event planned. Yeah, there. so like Democracy Now! gave it special coverage um so a couple aspects of the story obviously it's horrible i i used to live by the synagogue that was vandalized and um the hateful messages included die jew rats kill all jews and just hitler which isn't even creative you know <laughs> come on yeah but obviously like uh it's horrible however there was also um graffiti and I didn't know this, uh, anti-black racial slurs uh, were uh, spray painted on a historic New York City burial ground that memorializes the death of African-Americans. Oh, wow. Um, the offensive graffiti suggesting black people should be killed uh, are under investigation. It was at the African Burial Ground National Monument in Lower, Man Lower Manhattan. I heard almost nothing about that. Yeah, that, this is literally the first time I'm hearing this story. So, yeah, it you know, that doesn't diminish the anti-Semitic graffiti, obviously, but it's like, why did one story get more coverage than the other? Um, and then also, they so apparently they have a suspect for the anti-Semitic graffiti, mm -hmm. and he's a black man from Brooklyn. Yeah. So immediately the right was like, oh, they tried to blame a Trump supporter uh and it's a black guy and i feel like we're really gonna have to <laughs> have this conversation over and over and over again about how people of color can participate 
in white supremacy uh-huh. and bigotry in yep. general. Sure. And I think the best example of that was the recent assault committed by the Proud Boys in New York City. Right. There were a few men of color in that group and yeah. people were like, what? what? And like heads were exploding all uh-huh. over the internet. And people over and over have had to have, the, have this conversation where it's like, no, no, people of color can participate in this stuff. Right, right, right. Anti-Semitism is not purely the territory of white people. Of course not, no. Of course a black person could be anti-Semitic. Yeah. But, it, like, you can see people struggling to sort of reconcile that. Right, where they're right, like, yes. it was a tr- you said it was a Trump supporter. It's like, no one said it was a Trump supporter. <laughs> We're saying that there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the ether right now. Right. Primarily because of the Trump administration. Right, right, right. But not that, like, it would just have to be, like, a middle-aged white Trump supporter from right. the suburbs to do right, that. Right, right, right. Doesn't seem like that advanced of an idea. <laughs> like, perhaps we need to say it. Uh, and then, finally, before we should probably move on to good news, because we spent so much time, <laughs> so much time on imposter syndrome, uh-huh. which probably says a lot about me and Eric. But did you read this thing in the New York Times about how the FBI is finally like, you know, white nationalism might be a problem? I didn't read it because I'm pretty sure I've hit my free article <laughs> limit. Okay. Uh, I can never tell when I've hit it. I just know I start going to articles and like, you've hit it. I'm like, have I? Sure. Have I? New York Times. Um, but it's, you know, it's so, it's so just. There was like an actual like federal study done like years ago. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like we had all the info. What were you doing with it? Well, we know what it was. To the credit of the New York Times in this article. So first of all, they concede that white supremacists and other far-right extremists have killed far more people since September 11th than any other category of domestic extremists. Wow, no fucking shit. But I feel like that is such an important point to repeat over and over and over again because if you watch the corporate media, you would have no idea that was the Uh case. Or listen to politicians, uh, um, Republican politicians, you would be like, no, it's got to be Muslims, right? (laughs) Right. Not the case. So uh, domestic extremists are the biggest threat in the United States. Also, in this article, they talk about how frequently the FBI and local law enforcement um, work with the far right. So, for example, I believe it was in Portland there was a protest and local law enforcement asked right-wing militias for their help. Yep. That's a big fucking problem Mm -hmm. that should not happen. Right. But I like that in this article they were also like, you know, not only did they ignore it and maybe undervalue how big of a problem it was, but oftentimes they fucking work together. Right. Or or they're, they're, there's overlap. They're a police officer and they're a right-wing extremist. Yeah, I mean, there have been videos, yeah. uh, you know, that have come out of, like, uh, police, like, chumming it up with right-wing militias. Um, you know, like standing by when they beat people up, right. like in New York City. Yeah. Um, you know, I, because they don't consider these people to be terrorists. Right. Because, I mean, the the the, the simple answer is that they agree with them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you, you know, uh, <laughs> that's why. I mean, that's that's the reason is that, you know, the police and the FBI and, you know, uh, the military uh, agree with the general worldview of right wing militias and white supremacists. 
So they don't consider them to be, you know, uh, terrorists. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the same thing with like the yoga studio guy where it's like, if they're not do, you know, if they're not the actual, like, you know, if they're not actually like shooting up a place, if they, you know, they don't consider, they don't see the, the connection between like, uh, the right wing like militia at a protest and the ones that are shooting up synagogues like they're like oh well that one's crazy right. but all these ones are fine and I think that just illustrates the power of rhetoric where it's like if you are conditioned over and over and over again to view violence committed by foreign brown people as terrorism right. and anything else is like a crime uh-huh. but nothing more severe than that right? like that's the power of language. Yeah, of where course. it's like we have we have how many decades have gone by where we don't call. I mean, even beyond like right wing militia violence, how about shooting up a yoga studio and terrorizing women? Right. We don't call that terrorism. Right. Why do we not call the shit incels do and violent misogynists terrorism? Because well, we don't value women. Right. So that's not terrorism. Uh-huh. Yes, it fucking is. When something like that happens to women, it has the same sort of chilling ripple effect as any other kind of hate crime. Right. But we do not call it hate crimes. Right, of course. Guys, that was a whole bunch of bad stuff. But guess what? Here's your good news. <laughs> So, guys, did I mention that you should go vote? Go vote. It's Monday right now. Tomorrow's election day. Uh-huh. Go vote. So our first good news story has to do with the midterm, and it's a big fucking deal. More than 4.5 million people voted early in Texas. Awesome. Here's the nutty thing about that. That surpasses the total voter turnout in the state's 2014 midterm election. Damn. Just early voting. Damn. That's fucking bananas. And also, good on you, Texas. Listen, I'm not saying all those votes were for beta, but... Yeah, of course they were. But uh, you know what? I... Beto? I said beta. Beta? For beta? Beto. Beto. That's how. Beto? For so long, I thought it was... Uh, Beto? Beto. Yeah. It's Beto. I only know it's Beto because I listened to a uh, interview with um, Cedric, the lead singer for At The Drive-In, who used to be in a band in high school with Beto. (laughs) (laughs) He talked about him, and I was like, oh, that's okay. I got it. Yeah, I think Uh, I learned it from another new show where I was like, oh, it's Beto? Well, that's dumb. um, You know, nothing. literally... Nothing. I I don't. I tend not to get like super. I really have a sickness where I actually like watching elections, Mm. um, uh, in a weird like sportsy kind of way. I like really like watching. I'm. I I would be best friends with Steve Kornacki. Is what I'm saying. Literally was gonna say I'm worse than you because I like Steve Kornacki. Yeah, I love Steve. And his cover. It's he gets so into it and it's so mathy and so dorky. Uh But I watch it. Anytime he's got his shirt tucked in, he's got his sleeves rolled he's up, he's got the whiteboard. Board. Oh, it's a yes. whiteboard. He could have graphics. <laughs> he has a whiteboard oh like he's your gym teacher. Do you think, like right now, like 
<laughs> Steve Kornacki's doing like like a Rocky training montage. He's got the sweatband on, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. But like, I love watching it, but I don't tend to like really get like that excited about like election results. I just like watching them. But like, God, I I will go out and celebrate if they fucking hand Ted Cruz his ass. Like, I mean, that would be amazing. All I want to see is his dumb fucking face, like lose an election i'm still not super optimistic about texas about that race i'm more optimistic about georgia yeah that is so fucking close you guys yeah please if you live in georgia please vote i i'm sure i don't have to tell you guys that but like say you have relatives in georgia who are on the fence you know I almost said bash some heads. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> if you have relatives in Georgia, bash, bash their heads, heads in. No, don't do that. Uh, uh, but, you know, maybe talk to them about uh-huh. why it's such an important election. Verbally bash their heads <laughs> Verbally. <laughs> Always verbally. Never physically. Um, uh, yeah, just go vote. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I was having this conversation the other day. Like, I know it sucks. Like, the options are not always good. But... You know, it's like the way I see it is this. Like I like I'm a member of the DSA. Sure. I I the thing is though, it's like I don't love all the candidates. Uh but the election's gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen one way or the other. So like you know, you can get less bad people in there and you have like where it falls apart is when we are always doing the lesser of two evils thing to the point where we never, like, we never get good people in there. Sure. Like, yeah. that's a real worry. Yeah. So, like, elect the less bad people, and then for the next two years... Primary. Like, primary them, and, like... Yeah. Or, like, do grassroots activism outside of the 100%. election. You know, like, don't... If you vote and then you become complacent and then two years you're like, oh, these people suck too. You know, that's when yeah. it becomes a problem. I mean, not to sound like an old person, but I, f- I do feel like people don't understand how democratic politics works, yeah. which is you do not have a magical election in which you suddenly have all of these like ideal candidates that you get to vote no. for. Like it is a long, hard fought slog that never has a finish line. And you're always doing, like, the best you can, always, um, because you live in a country with 300 million people and you constantly have to compromise. Right. But I don't know. I'm always sort of like, it is a, there is no more privileged stance than the person who is like, I'm not going to vote because there's no perfect candidate. Yeah. I mean, truly, try to imagine you're a person of color or someone who's, like, actually extremely threatened by this administration right now it certainly fucking matters yeah of course it matters and And if you're an ally it's sort of like you're a joke if you're just like well you know i don't have my ideal candidates on the ballot so i'm gonna sit this one out it's like like, cool dude look like i you know there's like a reality of the situation like yeah i want to see like the whole fucking system torn down too but like sure man the reality of the situation is that the the vote is gonna happen on tuesday like the 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 country is not going to collapse <laughs> before well, Tuesday. Hey, hey. Well, like <laughs> I feel like every day I wake up and that hasn't <laughs> happened. I'm like, okay, cool, uh-huh. cool, cool, cool. Like you know what I mean? Like we're not going to overthrow capitalism tomorrow. Sure. Like I by wish. the vote. I wish. But I yeah. wish. 
I wish it would happen, right? But like, it's not gonna happen. Look, if it does, I'll be the first person manning guillotine. Like, nothing would make me happy. Wow, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like it's just not like these. This vote is gonna happen. These people are gonna have the reins of power. So, like, you can get somebody in there that will at least listen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like you've made that point before. It's like, who would you uh, rather? Protest? Who would you rather? Yeah. Like, who would you rather? Be hearing your ideas, like even if they don't already support Medicare for all, like certainly some candidates uh, are going to be more receptive to that message than others. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like the the you have to do the best you can do, mm-hmm. and it's like vote for the less bad person on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday you can get back to work doing the other stuff, doing and, the grassroots and, yeah, activism. Yeah, and you can criticize them, you can protest them. Yeah. I, I always feel like that's the calculation I make with whatever candidate. I've never had a candidate who I supported who I didn't criticize on, like, a, a few points, you know? You have, yeah, of course. You have to, and I also think, like, y- you know, like, we have a very fucked up system right now. So, of course, there's always going to be, like, even if you have, you know, a Cortez or, like, um, an Elizabeth Warren, even though she's not as far left as you can get by any means. Yeah. But, like there's going to be quite a few points you disagree with them on. I would much rather protest Elizabeth Warren than Donald Trump. Yeah. You know? So do we have enough time? No, I'm going to save the rest of the good news stories. And let's just end this episode for eight minutes and berate people to vote. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Just vote. What are you doing? What are you doing right now? What are you doing? What are you doing right now? Are you watching Sabrina on Netflix? Why? We're going to talk about it tomorrow. It's very flawed. I'm going to get into it. You hit pause right now, young man or young lady or young other X option, and go vote right now. What? You, uh, what you, you, got, you got better things to do? What do you have to do? What? What, what are you, you going to do? You got you to go down to the arcade and play some video games? Are you going to go to the arcade with the other ragamuffins? And hooligans? Are you gonna Are you gonna go skateboard? In the skate park? Are you gonna do that? Are you gonna are You gonna go down to the soda shop? Get yourself Get yourself a little soda. Yeah, is that gonna, what you're gonna do? With mom and dad's allowance money? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna go to the sock hop? Wow, wow! You would rather go to the sock hop than vote. Are you gonna put your, your hair in a high ponytail and go to the sock hop instead of vote? I, how, for Stacey Abrams. Yes, look, I know you're happy. You, I know that you got a nice new poodle skirt, and you're like, I want to wear it to the sock. You hop. look beautiful, I, by you the look way. You look great. You look radiant. But go vote. Go vote in your poodle skirt. You can vote in a poodle skirt. There's a law against that. What are you doing? Did you think there was a law that you couldn't vote in a poodle skirt? Have you misunderstood the law so gravely that you thought by wearing a poodle skirt you couldn't exercise your right to vote? I'm here to tell you that you can. They'll, they have to let you. If you listen, if you show up in a poodle skirt and they're like, no, you can't vote in a poodle skirt, you protest. Yes. You start screaming. That's not a thing. That you, is that, not a law. Yell that. It's that not, a, not thing. a law. Or, or maybe you're listening to this right now and you're in line to vote. Wow. We're so proud of you. Great job. Great job. Amazing. Great job. Look around you. Maybe give, maybe give the other people voting or the poll workers a little smile and a nod. Oh, they love that. They love that. Also, and this is genuinely true. Because I have friends who are poll uh-huh. uh, volunteers. Say thank you. They love that. Yeah. 
because Look, they get there at five o'clock in the fucking morning, yeah. and sometimes people are very short with them and very rude uh-huh. uh, because stuff happens that is out of their control. Like if your name's not on the list, yeah, they have no control over that, and people get very emotional, understandably. But it's not their fault. Be polite to them and say thank you because they're volunteering. Well, eye contact goes a long, long way. Make some eye contact, not too much eye contact. Not don't stare at. Don't them. be a fucking creep hey, about guys, it, guys. Stop being weird. All right. Hey, what are you doing? Maybe we should have said this at the top. This segment is not for fucking weirdos. Jesus Christ. Don't be making lingering eye contact with strangers when you're standing there in your poodle skirt. That is not okay. That is a quick way to get on the authorities' radar. You give you just like you look them in the eyes as soon as you've made eye contact and you confirm you also got a little bit back from them, eyes down. Eyes down. Immediately. Eyes back down. Deferentially. Okay. And then back away. Uh Uh-huh. And then just give them a little, little tip of the cap. Give it a little tip of the cap. Maybe you're already listening to this and you already got your little I voted sticker. Wow. Look at you. Look at you. I, you will go down in history. We'll be talking about you in the history books. Snap. I just took your photo. You're wow. in the history books now. Look wow. at you. You look great. And you participated in democracy and you should feel good about that. Or maybe you're planning to go voting and have you considered like inviting your friends or maybe offering to drive other people to go vote? I can tell you for a fact, best party I've ever been to, in line for voting. Yeah, for sure. We threw down. Mm-hmm. We, we just stood in line and we just raged. I like, to, I like to um, make it a, like a little treat. So I'll like go vote with friends and then I'm like, hey, why don't we get brunch? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now we're rewarding ourselves for voting. You know what I like to do? I like to place like, I like to go a day before the mm-hmm. vote, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like to leave, I like to stash like little treats. <gasps> little treats? In like along the line up into the voting booth. Oh so my that God. like as I'm waiting in line, I can like just pick up the little treats. You're like a like, little squirrel. Mm-hmm. It's like like a little like a little trail that I left myself to so like oh, that's nice. so like treat myself as I go. Little to vote. treat for future Eric mm-hmm. from past Eric. Yeah, it's a little incentive and it's yeah. also a little treat and it's just like it's I know lovely. it's I know more's coming. That's so, um, yeah. Also, guys, do you remember how much fun you had in high school when you took standardized tests? Yes. Do you so, remember how fun that was? Oh my god. Uh, uh, we used to be like, teacher, teacher, cancel the pizza party. Please, more standardized tests. More standardized tests. Do you remember how much fun that was? You got your number two pencil, Mm -hmm. only number two pencils. Mm -hmm. Okay. You with the number three pencil, what the fuck are you doing? First of all, where did you even fucking get that? Where did you get that? Is there some kind of underground? Did that come from Cuba? Did you get it from Cuba? Like number three pencil market? Yeah, did you go to Cuba? Did Fidel Castro hand you that number three pencil? Where did it come from? Where did you get it? Second off, you got your number two pencil. And obviously, everyone knows the best part about standardized tests. You got your number two pencil, filling in the bubbles. Oh, Filling so in the cathartic. bubbles on a Scantron. It oh is my like God. an adult coloring book. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You make it nice and perfect. It's an adult coloring book if there's one color uh-huh. and you have to only fill in yep. ovals. Yep. But it's so satisfying. So satisfying. Guess what? You get to do that. All over again, unless you're voting on a computer. In which case, look at you, Neo in the Matrix. Wow. Are you from the year 3030? Is it space? Am I in in space? space? Are we in space right now doing a podcast? You voted on a computer. Look at you. You know what you should do? Go So vote, right? Mm -hmm. Go home. Yep. Get your grandpa. Yep. 
you run in the house. You're like, you are never going to believe this. Mm-hmm. You remember how you fought in the war? And he's like, yes, obviously. Of course, I remember that. I'm like, deeply traumatized. This is what we get to do now. This is why you fought in the war. And Grandpa will smile with a, a little twinkle in his eye uh-huh. and uh, say, take me to the polls, yeah. grandchild. Uh-huh. And then you'll, get, you'll take him all the way back to the polls. Gotta go all the way back. First of all, why didn't you take Grandpa to begin with? Poor planning on your part. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you Why do you doing? hate you your grandpa? Your gra- what the fuck was your grandpa doing? He fought doing? in the war for you. What are you doing? That is not how you treat our elders. Have some Take respect. grandpa to the polls. Yeah. Unless he's going to vote for Trump, in which case, leave him. Leave him. Ask him first. And then... Say, grandpa, who are you going to vote for, grandpa? Uh-huh. And, and if he says, anybody but the fascists... Uh-huh. There you say, go. Say, come on, grandpa, Let's get in go. the van. Mm-hmm. We're going to go vote. We're yep. going to get stickers. And then... I, I promise you, I promise you, when you get back to the school or wherever you're voting and he sees that computer screen and he uh, touches it with his finger. Can you imagine? He will weep. He will weep. He will weep. That's the power of democracy. And then everyone will salute him. Yep. And they'll sing the national Everybody anthem. Everybody be young again. Yeah. Uh, it'll be great, guys. And that's what's going to happen on Tuesday, right? Also, if you vote on a computer, make sure it doesn't switch your vote. Exactly. That as well. And please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric, E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Please follow me, Allison Kilkenny. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about the show. Go vote with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And your grandpa. Don't forget grandpa, unless he's going to vote for Trump, in which case leave him. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble and vote.